0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the sixth episode of The Soccer Scene here with Sporting Limerick. i would delighted to be joined once again by Jason and Noel O'Connor. A very busy week this week. We obviously discussed last week's game with Cove Ramblers for 3D United, the upcoming game with Longford Town, and much more in the meantime on both as well. Jason, to start with yourself, 3D United, nil-all draw with Cove Ramblers last week. Still unbeaten against Cove. It was. It, it has to be said, it was a very low-quality game. And very little chances created, very scrappy uh, for both sides. I asked Tommy after the game if he thought it was two points dropped or, you know, was it two points dropped or one point gained? Uh, What do you think yourself?
1: Uh, I suppose, Adrian, look, looking at the two games coming up, personally, I think it's two points dropped. Um, I felt Cove really imposed their style of play on Treaty. Darren Murphy might have been listening to us, I suppose. Um, As we said a few weeks back that they needed to change their approach and their style of play from last season if they were going to be competitive in this league. And on Friday night's evidence, they certainly did that. Last season, we saw them have a very possession without a purpose-based approach, a lot of sideways and backwards passes. With little or no entries, I suppose, Adrian, into the opposition penalty area, but that certainly wasn't the case on Friday night. They were very, very direct, going from back to front quickly bypassing the middle of the field a lot of the time. And, and he also employed two strikers in O'Brien Whitmarsh and, and Danny O'Connell. And even the two wide players, Larkin and Dronin, are also very attack-minded. So that was something we, we regularly touch on as well, Adrian. You know, that, that two up front in the opposition does tend to cause treaty problems. And if you, if you flip that over, we certainly saw how ineffective one up front was for treaty. Um, I think Cove's approach kind of forced Treaty at times to go along themselves which didn't suit them uh, man of the match and Bale totally nullified in the current and I think that was down to his physical presence, it wasn't the same in the current that we saw against Wexford, that certainly wasn't the case and and that allowed the other centre-back Ben O'Reardon to kind of cover him behind and clean up any second balls and you know that and not didn't, didn't kind of deal with but I suppose, look, on chances created, you know, Treaty didn't have a whole pile of chances. The best one, I suppose, 87 minutes. Callum at Mara, shot blocked in the box. Um, and that 4-3-3 formation on that narrow pitch just didn't work, Adrian, you know, and I thought they'd change it when they brought on Dean George, but, but they stuck with it. Stephen Christopher saw a lot of the ball, but he didn't really create anything, you know. And as a third midfielder against two, um, you'd expect him, I suppose, that's his responsibility to, to kind of create chances. And even on the tight pitch, as I said, Treaty kind of insisted on playing to the wingers, Joel and Connor Melody, and, and they didn't get much joy because they'd no space or, or room to, to work any magic. You know, but look, I think looking at the momentum Treaty had coming into the game um, and based on, on how Cove started the season... It certainly is. It is two points dropped for me. No, Noel, you've obviously managed in St. Colman's Park, and, and
0: you know how difficult it can be to come out of there the victory. Do we in the same agreement with Jason that it's more two points dropped rather than a point gained based on the performance the other night?
2: Yeah, probably. I think. Look, we did um, predict a Treaty win as well, so we're hardly going to come back and say that you know we expected what happened happened, but it definitely was a throwback. I thought. To, to a Cove team we did say last year they certainly were very on on Cove like which was a real kick and rush of a game the ball was up in the air a lot it is such a tight pitch small pitch um and I thought that Cove kind of grew grew into the game the longer it went on you know and I think particularly halftime, I got the sense that it could have been said in the dressing room like you know Treaty aren't added or they're not as good as we think and, you know, we can do better here because I thought Paul really did well in the second half and um, they seemed to get better and better as, as as the game went on. But certainly a typical game in St. Coles and and very difficult for wide players. And uh, I just felt there was a bit of a lack of urgency as well um, about Treaty on and off the pitch and I think that they probably needed to start the game a lot stronger and impose themselves early and if you like... Just kind of quenched that belief that that Cove eventually got. And I suppose from you know from our point of view, did we expect Treaty to win? We probably did because Treaty hammered Wexford five um, one, and the following week Wexford came up and beat Cove in in St Coleman Park. So I thought it was reasonable enough for us to think that uh, that uh, that Treaty would get the victory, but uh, it certainly didn't turn out that way.
0: It uh, certainly didn't, but I suppose, obviously, on, on a positive note, regardless, 3 remain unbeaten, uh, four points out of six. Uh, after the game, Jason, when, when I was speaking to Tommy, there was obviously a couple of, of interesting points uh, that came up for discussion. One of them that I picked out uh, afterwards was Tommy I mean, took aim, I suppose, at what he said was unrealistic expectations, effectively, placed on his team. That maybe realism needs to set in among, I suppose, maybe he could have taken aim at three of us as well as others, because we have put 3 in for finishing in the playoff places this year. Like many others, I suppose, considering the performance of the team last year. Um, What are your thoughts on those comments from Tommy?
1: Well, Adrian, look... You know, I certainly don't think it's it's unrealistic to expect Treaty to go away from home against Cove and, and win. You know, they beat Cove last season, home and away. You know, they drew the other fixture at home. And that was after Charlie Fleming's early red card. As Noah rightly said, Treaty, a very good start to the season against Wexford. Wexford then overturned Cove. Uh, so how that's unrealistic baffles me, really. It's not as if Cove have strengthened massively since last season. Yes, they've made a couple of shrewd signings. There's no doubt about that. But Trinity are a lot stronger this season, Adrian. Let's be honest. I think everyone agrees on that. We've all complimented Tommy earlier on his recruitment for this campaign. So, listen, I agree with Tommy. There has to be realism, you know, and and especially in his interviews, you know, because we can't really continue with this kind of smoke and mirrors approach that he's coming out with, you know. Saying the club is only in existence two seasons, yeah, okay, that's fine. But the squad of players aren't, Do you know. Well, his own admission after the game when he spoke to to Gary Spain, he said Jack Brady's an experienced goalkeeper. They were his words, Do you know. You look through the team: Charlie Fleming, Mark Ludden, Connor Melody, Stephen Christopher, and the Kern. They're all experienced at this level of the game, Adrian. Do you know, so this we're signing junior players. That's gone. Do you know, that's over. Like I've named half the starting 11 there for the cove game that are experienced players. If Jack Lynch of Joe Garman. certainly experienced at this level, you know. And I don't know where he's going with them type of remarks. I think he has to kind of be a bit real himself, Adrian. If I'm honest, you know, he again he mentioned a penalty shout on Friday. I watched the game, I can't seem to remember that incident, you know, but I certainly remember Mark Walsh on 30 minutes, been very lucky to escape. Giving away a penalty, you know. So, look, I yeah, get Tommy as media trained. He's trying to play down every week, but he's the one that has to be real. As far as I'm concerned, Adrian, and stick to the facts. And the facts are there for everyone to see. And all we did say, because of the performance
0: of Treaty last season, you know, getting to the playoffs, pushing UCD hard to get into the final of the first division round. In some ways, you know, they were going to be their own worst enemy coming into this season because. Well, obviously, naturally, expectations were going to rise. Like Jason said there, he, he named out, uh, took the words out of my mouth in some ways, some of the players I was going to go through. I know that Tommy said he's signing players from other first division clubs and junior clubs, but you know, the likes of Joe Garmin, and the current uh, Joel Costrain, Charlie Fleming, Mark Ludden, like Jason O'Connor uh, said, if you look at those players versus other players in the first division, they're probably at least on a par with a lot of the division. and you know, you can see why people have treated to be in the playoffs, judging by that squad. And as Jason said, even though the club is young in existence, a lot of these players in the 3D squad are very experienced and quite ambitious.
2: Yeah, I think so. And again, we would have said that at the start of the season, and we have to throw Connor Melody in there as well. And other who's played in, in the Premier, I think five or six of them have actually played in the Premier League. We spoke about Joel costrain's experience in Europe with Shamrock And um you know, I, I think, and the there isn't a massive pool that watch um, the League of Ireland, and certainly not watch the interviews. But I think the people who are are quite knowledgeable and, and 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 they know what's around. And Jason said, you know, about being complimentary, and it's true. The players that Tommy has managed to uh, to get on board the season, I, I know within the club as well. They do feel that that the strongest or the squad is stronger than last year. And from that point of view, I think it's realistic enough for us to think that they will make the playoffs. Um, it's not putting pressure on anyone. You know, it's just a bit of realism as well. And I think it's, it's OK for a manager to say, you know, we, we did X last year and we want to do a bit better this year. Because I, I already said that I thought that the, that the dressing room will certainly be ambitious. The group of players that are together, they look around the dressing room and say, you know what, we can certainly make the playoffs and maybe even go one better. And that's, uh, and that's the way they'll be thinking. And we're kind of fortunate in a way because, and I know he uh, he brought up the Wexford Wexford FC as well, another club who obviously is in its 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 infancy as well. I think they're only three or four years old because they were born out of uh, out of Wexford youths. But uh, because of their location, their geographic location, you are going to get players maybe out of Dublin, you know, who haven't got a club and who still want to play in the league. And I I would push. Dini Corkin on a similar vein, if you like, to end the current, two very, very good players who for some reason aren't aren't playing in Dublin or, or aren't playing in Galloway. And, you know, Wexford are lucky to have their guy. And I think Treaty, you know, we're lucky to get um, and of current as well. And I know from, obviously, because of my connections there about the Wexford budget, and it, it wouldn't be a whole lot bigger than the Treaty budget. And people would be surprised, you know what, Danny Corcoran is 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 on as well, and that's obviously very private too. But he's a guy that just wants to play in the league, you know. And he and and he's willing to make the sacrifice to go to Wexford because you know he he loves playing in the League of Ireland and the best luck him. But we kind of need to forget about looking what other clubs are doing, what other clubs have, and just maybe focus on what we have here, which is a very very good squad of players who are probably very ambitious and uh, who want to do well this season.
0: And I know Jason that the counter argument will be to people that say, "Oh well, obviously we, we were like that too last season." It was last season you have to park it, and the counter argument will be that, you know, the division paper looks stronger." I'm not so sure about that, to be honest with you, myself. Um, I know that you know if you're looking at it, me and you have discussed this actually. You know, Watford maybe have replaced Shelburne if you're looking at it that way. Galway are going to be similar to what they were last season with the start they've made you know, don't actually look much stronger than last year even though on paper we've said they'll be up there at the moment so and then you have they who don't look as strong at the start of this season and with only nine teams in the league I mean if you're not finishing bottom Jason you're going to be right in there with the mix for the playoffs anyway
1: you'd imagine Yeah that's it exactly Adrian you know I couldn't agree more with you you know that is the case and I'm not sure how debatable them facts are Adrian and that's my point you know and no one said it there and we've said it over a couple of weeks We're delighted, look, as fans of Treaty, and that's what we are. But we have to give a neutral, unbiased opinion on on the game and on the league. Otherwise, people won't, won't tune in, you know, and people certainly are tuning in. But, yeah, that is the case, Adrian. You know, is it stronger than last year? That's very debatable. I think it's in about the same. You correctly said there's only nine teams. Do I expect Treaty to be in the mix for the playoffs? I certainly do, and I hope they are. And that's my point, you know, so again, back to the realism. Bit I'm all for it. I think anyone that knows me will accept that, you know. But let's not kid ourselves. On at the same time, I don't think Tommy's going to get away with kind of playing it down, playing it down. We're two games into the season, Adrian. You know, let's be honest, and they're unbeaten. You know, and and look, there's all to play for. So, so why play it down too much? Why not come out and say, yeah, we're going to have a real go. We're a representative team in the Midwest. We want to get in the playoffs. And, and believe in your players that, that that pressure isn't going to affect them because two games in, there can be no pressure, let's be honest. Absolutely, and Noel, we're moving on now to the first
0: home game of the season, Friday night for 3D United, take on Longford Town. Obviously, we had the postponement against that loan, so everyone will be eagerly anticipating the clash with Longford Friday. Longford have only played one game, 3D have played two games. I have to say, I was quite impressed with Longford's organisation Against Cork City in the nil-all draw on Saturday, you did predict that Longford would be in the playoffs. I assume by Saturday night you certainly won't have found any evidence to change your mind. Anyway, a
2: bittersweet moment for me because I was hope for a Cork win as well. Mm. But uh, yeah, I expected uh, Longford to be difficult, and I said particularly at home on the Saturday night they'll probably pick up a lot of results. Um, in fairness, their manager is. You know, if we look last year to Brie, like, they never conceded a heap of goals either. I suppose corn goals was their problem more than conceding. Obviously, he's brought that to Longford as well, well, so far. And uh, I think they'll be difficult enough for corn and Son on Friday night. And I think they'll probably be as cagey as Treaty can be at home as well. They'll be nice and solid and, and, and they won't take chances. And uh, I think it'll be kind of a, a game of chess. Yeah,
0: and what's your prediction for it, Noel? I'll go for the draw. Mm, yeah, I know that uh, the draw came up for Jason O'Connor the first time, I think, in, in all the podcasts. Uh, other night, even though I was full sure, Galway were going to lose to Waterford after going 2-0 down. Jason, looking at Longford Town, it's fair to say, I know that they are very reliant, and Kieran Burke mentioned it in commentary, they are going to be very reliant on Sam Verdon for goals maybe one of the worries for them this year they don't because of Christian Magerson's injury at start of the season but to be fair to them the young centre-half Matt Dunn who played really well next to Mick McDonald, they had a, a fairly energetic midfield as well and seemed to have threats on the wings too with Eric Malloy and Ryan Graydon so Treaty will have it uh, have the work cut out excuse me on Friday night well,
1: It certainly will Adrian do you know I was very very impressed with Langford you know against the full-time outfit in Cork City and, and look on the balance of play, I felt they actually shaded it. Um they played a possession game, there's no doubt about that. But the difference was they played it with a purpose, you know, not just needless holding on to the ball. You know, what we see from a lot of teams and not going anywhere with them, you know, the fullback's really, really high. You now, will that be the case on, on Friday away from home? Remains to be seen. But you know, Barnett and Malloy very, very impressive down the left. And you mentioned Ryan Graydon. He caused all sorts of problems for Cork. You know, and, and look, I think Treaty will will do well to come away with a point, but I'd agree with one. that's going to be a prediction for me because Treaty are at home. I'd expect a big crowd. I'd expect the Blue Army to behind them and, and kind of make it a bit of a fortress um, for the group. So I think Treaty will be good for a point, and if they get it, um, it'll be a very good one. You know, and, and you look at the two games that are coming after... That leads me again back to the Cove game where I believe that it is two points dropped. you know I really do? That it should picked up the three points last week, a point against Langford, and then you can really look at the next two games as as bonus games. But, yeah, it's going to be difficult on Friday night, but I think Treaty will have enough to, to come away with a point.
0: Uh, that makes three for the draw, and I do think that treaty will be happy with that as well. Noel Jason just mentioned it there, and I did mention it to Tommy afterwards. There is an extremely tough period that he was quick to point out that every game is tough I understand that but if you're looking at it on paper obviously playing the likes of Athlone, Cove and Wexford you know not going to be as difficult on paper in the football isn't played on that I know as playing uh, the likes of Alway Cork and Waterford after Longford within a week and a half so that's going to be you know as Jason said maybe it's he didn't pick up a point but think that maybe 3 will be looking at this going maybe we really have to go for the win now at home against Langford. But those fixtures coming up
1: afterwards
2: Yeah and I don't think they'll, they'll be thinking too far ahead and it, it is a quick turnaround but um, you know we even we have said here that we do expect the, the Waterford, Galloway and Cork like to be you know a little bit ahead of the rest which is fair enough because they're they're full time and they've all strengthened very strong and experienced squads and uh, I, I certainly would agree with anyone who says that you know the Monday night game will probably be a bit more of a free shot far treaty, and it's a game where you go in like it's often easier to play well against those teams because there's no expectation on you. And uh, look, which in we fairness, saw last year last was, uh, as well, the which
0: which we saw a lot last year too with treaty. To be fair, worked in their favor. Yeah,
2: and they did. You know, they did overachieve in those games. You know, and uh, if you go in with that mentality, it's often easier. And like it, it, it goes back to. The Cove game last week, and I suppose you know that they, they may they may have thought that it might have been easier than it was, and maybe Tommy felt that as well. After you know that uh, you know that he was disappointed in not picking up the, the the three points, and he mightn't be prepared to say it, which would be fair enough. But um, you know, he was a small bit spiky in that interview as well, so it probably tells a lot about what was going through his head, you know. So I don't know will they go mad for the game on on Friday night? I think they'll. They'll want to be, again, to keep a clean sheet, not to go behind at home, certainly pick up a point and then just see what we have after that and how people are and then go, go and take on that Galway game, you know, as as a free shot, which is probably the way to, um, to look at it.
0: That will be an interesting game and obviously an interesting weekend. The fixtures coming up as there always is in the first division, Jason. Move on now to our prediction sections. I know we've all went for the draw between Treaty and Longford. Now we're on to the, the other games. To be honest with you, due to my showing so far, I'm nearly going to have to go the opposite to Jason O'Connor every week just to try and catch him uh, at this stage. I'm so far behind, but there's six points. Jason O'Connor leading on 14 points. Noel O'Connor on 10 and myself on 8. That is why you're the experts, lads, and not me so far. Anyway, even though there is a long way to go. But um, listen, just start off, I suppose, with the, the Southeast derby. you've got Waterford. Busting Wexford. I must say I've personally went for the home win. I know Waterford will probably be hurting a tiny bit as well after throwing away that 2-0 lead against Galway last week. So I do expect Waterford to win. What are your own thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think look, Adrian, we we've all kind of said it from the outset that Waterford, Cork, and, and Galway are going to be the strongest due to their budgets, due to the, the full-time operation that that they're working with. And look, Wexford, as we expected, I suppose, are are posing problems for a lot of teams already. You know, it's their ability to score goals. That as their main attribute, six goals scored in their in their first three games is, is a really good um return for them. You know, two wins as well to go with that. So they've had a really, really positive start to the season, you know, and they will cause Waterford problems. I'm not so sure that Waterford will be hurting um from last week. They'll take that point um in Galway. Granted, they were 2 up, but I think going into the game, they would have been happy with a point and they probably achieved their their objective. Um it won't be easy free and Morris's men, there's no doubt about that. But I do expect them to come out and top Adrian. So a Waterford win for me.
0: Are you gonna make it a trio here, Noel?
2: I'll have to make it a trio, yeah. I think because of the, the defensive frailties that Wexford have shown, I think it'll be an entertaining game. All right, but with with Waterford it's know with home advantage and wanting to bounce back and I do think it's funny when you're 2-0 up in a game and you draw it feels like a loss when you're 2-0 down it feels like like a win even though it's the same result and uh, they'll certainly be determined to get back on track and uh, I think they'll have too much for Wexford on on Friday night.
0: There is a Munster Derby uh, all as well to be negotiated on Friday obviously the near neighbours Cork versus Cove, Cork with the home advantage are probably considering the last two results absolutely desperate for a win especially at home so I do think Cork will overcome Cove in this game but you know judging by you know the stubbornness of Cove in the games against Treaty and obviously came close against Wexford too they will make it hard for them I'd imagine
2: I think so but I think the home advantage again in, at the cross will will be enough um, the pitch looked fantastic as well that, that first night against Galloway I think it'll suit uh, Cork City I note that that Dylan McLeod was missing again. I think he's obviously been a, a big loss to them. You know, would w- he start in Berea? I'm not sure if he's available or not on Friday night, but I, I I think if he is overall, they'll have too much too much firepower. And I think Cove have realised that their home pitches is an advantage to them if they play a certain way. And while it may work at St. Colman's Park, I'm not so sure it'll work away from home.
0: And Jason, I know that, that
1: we both went for uh, Cork wins now. Uh, what's your own thoughts with this game? Uh, yeah, they'll definitely be favourites, Adrian. Do you know, they didn't impress me last week versus Longford I felt they lacked creativity, and no one mentioned Dylan McgLade there in particular. And I'm sure they'd be hoping that he'll have a return to fitness very, very soon because he's a big player for them. Um, I was disappointed in Barry Coffey as well um, last week, but look, no one said it, not agree with him. Turner's Cross is a big factor in the in this fixture. It'll provide room for Cork to play, I suppose, more than St. Coman's Park would. It's obviously a local derby. Cove will be up for it. Um, you know, there'll be no shortage of fight and, and desire uh from Cove based on last week's performance, you know. But I don't think Cork can afford to drop any more points this early in the season. They'll need to return to winning ways, and, and I think they will. And just to stick with yourself, Jason, for the final. Game to predict. Uh,
0: Bray versus Galway. In fairness, I have to say, John Coffey must be very happy with the start his side have made, particularly given the circumstances of the comeback against Waterford and, and a brilliant goal to was actually by Stephen Walsh, who was chucked on as a, a striker, I believe, towards the end of the game. Um, I, you'd have to say on form, and, and I have went with form, that I've gone for a Galway and a and away win. On form, you'd, you'd expect Galway to win that game um, hard to know especially with Bray having a, a break week after their poor start like how, how they're going to react
1: yeah look as you said a great point last week uh, for Galway I did fancy him for the draw but coming from two down showed real John Caulfield's spirit you know and his sides are never lacking in that Adrian you know to come from, from two down against Waterford shows what kind of mentality they have as a group I suppose really they'll be really confident going into this one obviously, without a point so far, won't be looking forward to it probably, but they might look at it as a free hit, the really might adrian, you know, with nothing to lose, you know, and, and come out and have a go at Galway. Um, but look, it's very, very hard to see past the Galway win. They don't really normally slip up, especially at home. Um, so I'd expect um a Galway win. No are you going to join us on that? I'll have to, I'm
2: afraid, yeah. Uh, um, I just feel like with Galway and again contrasting to last year, where they really stuttered at the start of the season and were desperate to try and get a bit of momentum, they certainly started brilliantly, like with 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 four points from their you know probably two really tough games away away to Cork and at home to Waterford. So they'd really be buoyed up. They have the bit between their teeth. Um, they certainly won't be taking anything for granted. Knowing John Caulfield, and it's 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 hard to see past the Galway win.
0: And when you look at it, I'd say Pat Devlin was thinking that the, the fixturist creators weren't so nice to Bray at the start of the season. It must be said, if, if you look at the fixtures, they have had as well. So it'll be interesting to see further down the line when they play for teams, you know, that they're expected to compete with all season. Boys, um, listen, just to speak a bit about junior football for a moment, I suppose people will probably be expecting us to talk about last week's FAI Junior Cup or maybe even tomorrow night. I don't know, tomorrow night there's a huge game for both Fairview and Pike. Week up semi-final in Jackman Park and then the final will be next week which we'll be bound to discuss uh, on next week's show uh, but I suppose in some ways we'll we'll put it down to the bottom six side of things because it's fair to say that uh, Kilmallock probably have put the cat among the pigeons in some ways in recent weeks, they have shown a lot more fight, they've started to get more results and they beat Prospect 1-0 on Sunday and now we know that a uh, manager who we're all very aware of is out there at the moment now helping Kilmallock in, in Shane O'Hanlon. So uh, they're, they're looking probably, Gerlions we know are probably out of contention now, but by an absolute miracle. So do you think that Kilmallock might have an in him in the last few games to make it interesting?
1: Well, it's obviously a big result last week from Adrian. You know, it's Shane O'Hanlon's first game in charge. and You know, I wouldn't have expected him to go to prospect and win you know, based on on results so far this season, but this is the beauty, I suppose, of the top six, bottom six. It keeps teams interested. It keeps them with something to play for. You know, and I believe um, Kilmaloc have a new trainer on board with with Shane Hanlon as well. So I'm sure that had an impact on them. You know, and good to see it, Adrian. It keeps it interesting. It really, really does. You know, and, and Kuna and Jainsborough this week as well in the bottom six. You know, so it'll be interesting when will play Kilmaloc again. It'll be an interesting fixture, but yeah, you know, very, very interesting times. And, and as you said, Kilmallock have, have put the cat among the pigeons. A uh, really good win, it must be said,
0: for Mungred actually as well, Uh, following, you know, a poor enough farm In recent months, they went and beat Kuna 4-0 as well, you know, and Kuna were in contention for top six place uh, for a long time. So, you know, the junior, the junior scene is really going to hot up over the next couple of months, it must be said, and hopefully there'll be enough weather breaks to get a, a good run of games. Uh, going as well for us to discuss um, Thanks once again for both lads joining us and uh, what is a very busy week, it'll be another busy week next week as we'll have two games probably to joy just lads in, in Longford and Galway for for treaty that will be played and that'll be on next week's show and then we'll be looking ahead to Munster Derby uh, with Cork as well so we hope you tune into that because that'll be a very uh, interesting review and review of the games this week and I suppose the only thing we can offer is that no, Jason O'Connor doesn't open up another lead. Although as I've seen, we've all picked the same team, so it's it's impossible for him to do that. He'll have to stay just six points clear of me anyway for for next week. So uh, we hope, obviously, you can join us once again and next week for what is sure to be a packed-out show. Thank you.